blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-bar trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. And I'm your co-host, not Adam, not John, not John Spees, uh, Brian McClure. That's right. Today, we have a special guest with us who is going to be co-host, co-hosting with me today because my big bro, John, cannot make it. Um, besides that, we have got Two people returning to the TTT arena, but this is the first time they've faced off in our show. They are two of the most prolific players in the realm of nostalgic knowledge. In one corner is a man. He's a myth. He's a legend. He bowled over opponents back in 2021 and became our first ever Le Champion. It's Scotty to Hottie Barber. Scotty, welcome back to the show. Let everybody uh, know about yourself. Yeah, uh, Scott Barber, boring accountant out of West Virginia. Uh, not much uh, going on in life, just ramping up for Christmas like everybody else is right now. So, Well, fantastic. Uh, and I did, if we are recording this earlier, this is actually the first episode that will be dropping in 2023. I couldn't think of a better way to start off the new year than get Scott Barber versus this other guy. This other guy who's a pure thoroughbred. He's got a lineage including the highest final score in TTT history and taking the 2022 patron tournament. He got up from warming that bench for us today. It's Eric the Steed Eed. Woo! Eric, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Um, Eric from... Where am I from? You thought I was from Canada. I'm not from you, Canada. You, you were at one point in your life. No, never Did have I lived that? in Canada. Oh, you're half Canadian. I, I'm, can, I'm half Canadian. I have citizenship of uh-huh. that country, but I've never lived there. You loser. Um, if you say right? you have citizenship, then you can say you're Canadian. Correct, but I don't live in Canada. <laughs> Fine. Anyway, so I just wanted to share one thing with everybody because this has been drilled into my brain I'm, i just got back from a trip to we went to disney world as a family and it was it, it was um so i was sitting <laughs> was. next to this lady on the bus and i i just i have to listen to what people say and what people talk about and what she said she's either either the smartest person alive or the dumbest person alive <laughs> so her words are and i quote um she's from this the charlize theron area of south africa talking about these people some okay but she's definitely british i'm talking i'm like who how do you know where they're from like just she's like mm-hmm. i've met these people and it just it it's been in my head for a week now and i don't understand how do you know where where is the charlie's how can you tell by looking at somebody that they're from the same area as Charlie's theron but they're definitely british so i don't well it's like you're from the air Eat of canada but you're definitely american that's what i just heard i <laughs> So. I'm I'm from Philadelphia, but I live born and raised. Yeah, it's it's north northeast west, west. west northeast. Okay, all right. Have that same. No, you're not as cool. Don't worry. Uh, and Brian, actually, I didn't really give you a chance. Uh, remind everybody about yourself, since you're not our regular co-host. Oh, that's fine. I'm uh, Brian McClure in North Carolina. 
Uh, I work for a large med tech company, and uh, I'm here to enjoy this game firsthand before others, actually. Yeah, yeah you get a little sneak peek. It's very exciting. Uh, now it's time to give everybody a little sneak peek of our rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head -head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, now that everybody knows the rules, I want to get to know Eric and Scott. Now, granted, I probably asked them questions more than anyone else because they've been on so many episodes throughout their tournament runs. And I might have asked this one before, but I, because I know Scott is a fan, Eric knows a lot about it, but I don't think he's as big of a fan, but it doesn't matter. I want to know who's your favorite professional wrestler of all time. Oh, favorite professional wrestler of all time. Man, what a big question. Um, you know, I'm just going to have to reach back into the, the, the years of my childhood and the most uh, impressionable person I can think of. I hated him growing up and have come to love him in later years. And that's the, the, the greatest of all time. Nature Boy Ric Flair. Ric Flair's got to be my Woo! What an my answer. Number one answer, yeah. Okay. My my gut would say the Ultimate Warrior just because it was that's when I was a kid and that's what I saw and just how amped he was running down. It was just just pure nonsense. But as an adult and going back and rewatching a lot of stuff, it's it's and even watching the those like documentaries on him, I'm gonna have to say Macho Man. Like he's just Rewatching re value on all of his matches have been, has been really good, especially if you have Peacock and like you can go back and watch all of those old matches. It's 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 beautiful. Okay, and Brian, I know you're a fan. Who is your favorite, just for fun? Uh, I was a fan of him as a kid, but I mean, you already took Rick Flair off the board. Um, probably my favorite outside of that would have been a uh, Hawk of the Road Warriors. Oh wow, interesting. Not quite a deep cut, but kind of for like the casual fan. Well. Uh, between, I guess, the two official answers of Macho Man and Ric Flair, then you kind of also mentioned Ultimate Warrior, uh, but those guys have all made, John and I did an episode uh, with a good buddy of ours from Ready to Retro podcast about ranking our top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time. Both Ric Flair and Macho Man made the list. Macho Man came in at number four. He's a fantastic promo artist, but Ric Flair... Came in at number six. He was actually oh. not as strong. Uh, so that means Macho Man wow. and uh, also Ultimate Warrior came in at number five. So either way you went, you would have been ahead of Ric Flair, <laughs> which is funny. Now, if anybody would have said, obviously, the best wrestler and my favorite of all time, which is Goldberg, uh, because <laughs> I grew up, I'm sorry, I grew up a WCW man, and it was during right. that time. It was impossible not to love him. 
out of out of Georgia, I can see that. <laughs> yes, of course. And I'm a yeah. I'm a dogs fan. I was you know I was digging the yeah, Falcons. Not if you're Bret Hart. Yeah, well, I, I was more of a Gilberg yeah. fan. Than oh, Gilbert. Gilberg. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, all right, <laughs> <laughs> that means Eric, you're going to get to pick first in this episode. Oh wow, um, toys and games. Yep, not surprised. Yeah, and your decade is the seventies. All right. What toy line by Mego was introduced in 1976? They were known for their high number of articulation points relative to other toys of similar size and scale, which is about 3.75 inches tall. Not as small as the name would suggest. Repeat that one more time. I don't know if I understood anything you said. Sure. What <laughs> what toy line by Mego was introduced in 1976? They were known for their high number of articulation points relative to other toys of similar size and scale, which was about 3.75 inches tall, not as small as the name would suggest. I have no idea. I'm going to say micro machines. Micro machines? I can't do like the the, the fast talking like the uh, guy did in the commercials. (laughs) Uh, Loved him, though. But micro machines is incorrect. Scotty, can you steal? I, Eric, you took it off the board for me. That's where I was going to go as well. Um, not as small as the name would suggest. Three and a half inches. It leads me to a figure. Uh, G.I. Joe's come out in the 80s. What can that be? 1976. And I don't know what Mego is. That's very unfamiliar to me. <clears throat> what can it be? Um... Let's just go with uh, it's it's not right, but it's the name of a movie at least. Let's go with Small Soldiers. Small Soldiers is incorrect. Uh, you guys picked up obviously on the obvious clue, and micro was the correct term. They were called micronauts. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. that's a new one on me. Okay, yeah, never even cool. All right, all right, Scott. Which category would you like? Oh, let's go with uh, TV. Okay. TV and the decade is going to be the 90s. Right. Fox Kids aired what cartoon in 1990? It was based off the 1978 parody horror film and starred a bunch of aggressive fruits. No vegetables. No fruits. Definitely fruits. Repeat that, please. Of course. Fox Kids aired what cartoon in 1990? It was based off the 1978 parody horror film and starred a bunch of aggressive fruits. No vegetables, no fruits. Definitely fruits. Hmm. 1978 parody. I don't know. Let's go with, um, I can't move off of the only thought I got, which is, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. So let's go with that. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was the theme song, and it was Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, good. Yep. It was a pretty decent cartoon, but a fantastic theme song, in my opinion. All right, we are back to Eric. Music. Okay. Music, and the decade's going to be the 80s. All right, and we have a question by Simon Hood, our Aussie from New Zealand. Thank you, Simon. 
This 1983 song peaked at number three on the Billboard charts and was initially written about the not-so-tough writer's girlfriend at the time, supermodel Elle McPherson. However, they split up, and the song ended up being about his next girlfriend, another supermodel, who he married. Name the song. Repeat that one more time. Of course. This 1983 song peaked at number three on the Billboard charts and was initially written about the not-so-tough writer's girlfriend at the time, supermodel Elle McPherson. However, they split up, and the song also ended up being about his next girlfriend, another supermodel, but the, but who he married. Name the song. Is that Uptown Girl? It is Uptown Girl. I can see that I'm not so tough. The lyric, one of the lyrics of the song, yep. Yep. There you go. Good song. Good catch. And Scotty, we're back to you. Let's go sports, please. All right. Okay. And in sports, we're going to be in the 90s. Oh, okay. On February 7th, 1997, at UFC 12 in Dothan, Alabama, what American mixed martial artist hammered Dan Severn into submission to win the inaugural UFC heavyweight championship belt? Well, there was a UFC fighter called Matt the Hammer Hamble, uh, but this is way before his time. I think this is uh, out of Colum- uh, gentleman out of Columbus, Ohio, named uh, Mark Coleman. It is Mark Coleman. Good job. Got UFC twelve on the shelf in there. Oh, nice. The yeah, 12. and that's the that's the first UFC that Joe Rogan ever uh, worked for was yep. UFC twelve. Nice, and he had uh, a. Out of Dothan, Alabama. Yep, out of Dothan, about two and a half hours from me. But uh, it is he was nicknamed also the Hammer. Yep, yep, he was the Hammer too. Yep, yep. that's exactly right. Yeah. And why did why was it Dothan, Alabama? They because could, they couldn't they couldn't get licensure in uh, New York. New York just made it illegal, so they had to find somewhere to go. Yeah, in like so, 24, yeah. 48 hours. Yeah, it yeah, was a, in a like two days, turnaround. they scrambled and went to the metropolis of Dothan, Alabama. Yep, <laughs> the metropolis. Yes. All right, Eric, we're back to you. Movies, please. And movies are going to be in the 90s. Wow, a lot of 90s. And we have another explain a film plot badly. I'm going to give you a year and a bad description of a movie. Name that movie. 1995, Talking Bacon. Babe. Babe is correct. That'll do. (laughs) That'll do, Eric. That'll do. All right, Scotty, left we have news and politics, fashion, slang, literature, and food. Let's go with literature. Yeah, it's going to come. Just for John. So literature is going to be the 50s. (laughs) Ouch. All right. Leon Uris wrote what 1958 historical fiction not fictional novel about the founding of the state of Israel, beginning with a compressed retelling of the voyages of a 1947 immigration ship. It became an international publishing phenomenon and the biggest bestseller in the United States since the gone with the wind, since gone with the wind. Uh, let's get a reread of that, please. Mm-hmm. Leon Uris wrote what 1958 historical fictional novel about the founding of the state of Israel, beginning with a compressed retelling of the voyages of a 1947 immigration ship. It became an international publishing phenomenon and the biggest bestseller in the U.S. since Gone with the Wind. 
<sighs> yeah, that's uh, a lot of stuff that I don't know a whole lot about. Um, I should know this. It's that big of a novel. The author isn't sticking out to me at all. Um, immigration ship. Israel. You know what? I'm not even going to have anything good to say, so I'm just going to pass. All right. We're passing to Eric. Uh, for some reason, Exodus sticks in my head, so I'm going to go with Exodus. Exodus is correct. Nice job. Nice Very job. Nice. Very good. Very good pull. All right. Getting the steal. Eric, what category do you want? Food. Okay. You got it. Food. And we're going to stay in the 90s. This was no myth. In 1993, Pizza Hut introduced a pizza named what? It measured 12 inches by 24 inches and was cut into 21 slices. Uh, is that the say what were the what was the dimensions again? 24 inches or sorry, 12 inches by 24 inches. Is that the Bigfoot pizza? It is the Bigfoot oh. pizza. All right, Scott Let's go slang. Slang, yeah. slang it is. Slang, 2000s. Okay. Ooh. The slang term of endearment, bay, gained mass popularity around 2014, but its roots can be tracked back to rap lyrics around 2005. Some people think it's just a shortened form of baby or babe, but it's also been suggested that the term originated as an acronym for what? Uh, I think that's for Before Anyone Else, B-A-E. Before Anyone Else is correct. All right. Scott, you'll always be my bae. Oh, right back at you, baby. <laughs> right. All right, Eric, what would you like? Oh, yikes. Um, the next round to start. Can we just skip No. no. Um, <laughs> uh, news and politics. Just please be nice with the decade. <laughs> How does the 80s suit you? There you go. Sure. Sure. In 1987, the FCC abolished the Fairness Doctrine, which was established in 1949. It required broadcasters uh, both to present controversial issues of public importance and to do so in a manner that fairly reflected differing viewpoints. Uh, with it disabled, the cable networks began airing more partisan newscasts. What does the FCC stand for? Federal Communications <laughs> Commission. <laughs> yes, the federal. All that reading for oh, pretty easy answer. <laughs> Sorry. Like, wait, wait, what? I don't know how that's an 80s question, but okay. Well, because I was trying to tie I mean, in the with basis the basis of it. Yeah, but, but when the question is, is what's the FCC stand for? <laughs> Sorry, oh, Scott. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fashion's left for you, sir. Uh, let's go. Hey, the decade's going to be the 60s. Okay. What American brand of backpacks and collegiate apparel was founded in 1967 by Murray Pletz, his father and his wife, for which the company was partially named? It's also the world's largest backpack maker. All right. Complete reread of that, please. Sure. What American brand of backpacks and collegiate apparel was founded in 1967 by Murray Pletz, his father, 
and his wife, for which the company was partially named. It's also the world's largest backpack maker. Not the back, not the maker of the world's largest backpack, but the mm. the largest no, no, maker yeah. of backpacks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. Just, just Can I get spelling on the Murray's name, please? Yep, M-U-R-R-A-Y, and then Pletz, P-L-E-T-Z. Back and other, and collegiate apparel is interesting. Um, hmm. That's, hmm. All right, um, I can't figure out a way into this one, so I'm just going to say Jansport. Jansport is correct. Really? Okay. So I still don't see how it's outfits. <laughs> so uh, the the company was partially named for his wife, who was named Janice. Oh, Jan. Okay. So okay. Jan Janice Jan Lewis is for was named for. Okay. Very good. Okay. All right, that is the end of round one. Mr. McClure, where do we stand? Well, after the first question of uh, the big whiff there, <laughs> with one still, but it's uh, 50 for Eric, and Scott has 40. Yep, so it's still quite a close match. And as Eric got to start off round one, that means, Scotty, you get to pick for Eric to start round two. Well, let's just give him fashion then. So he was he was wanting to jump on it last time. Yeah, so you can tell. I just happened to beat him to it mm-hmm. with the last question of the round. <laughs> okay, our decade's going to be the 80s. Okay. What accessory company was founded in 1984 in Dallas, Texas? Their main product was moderately priced fashion watches with a retro look. The company name is from the nickname the founder gave to his father. I don't know watch names. Um, ugh. I'm gonna just the only thing I can think of is swatches. So let's go swatches. Swatch is incorrect. Scott, can you steal? Probably not. Can I get a reread though? Of course. What accessory company was founded in 1984 in Dallas, Texas? Their main product was moderately priced fashion watches with a retro look. The company name is from the nickname the founder gave to his father. Hmm. Dallas, Texas. Nickname the father. Maybe. I was also stuck on Swatch, but it didn't also it also didn't make sense. But hmm. I'm just trying to think of any watch names from the eighties. I don't know. Let's go. Let's um. Let's just say Timex and uh, call it a call it a day and move on. Timex is gonna just call it a day and we're gonna move on. That's all right. <laughs> this one was tough. I was trying to decide if I wanted to put any more or any kind of like you know hints in there um, sure. because yeah, the company being the nickname for his founder for the father of the founder is tough because. I wouldn't think of this as a nickname and actually Dallas, Texas wasn't like a hint or anything like that. And even they started off doing retro watches, but now they do moderately priced, just like, you know, nice fashionable watches period. Uh, but sometimes you might call your dad old man or something like that, or maybe even a fossil 
Fossil uh, is the watch company. Fossil, of course. For. Oh my gosh, complete whiff on my part. I yeah, forgot Fossil that was works. even a thing. Yeah. Mm. All right, Eric, you're gonna have to pick for Scott. Oh, that's that's a shame. He can have litter <laughs> literature, please. <laughs> yes, he can. Okay, and we're staying in the eighties. Okay. Yeah. What 1988 book on theoretical cosmology was written by English physicist Stephen Hawking? He wrote the book for readers who had no prior knowledge of physics. The book became a bestseller and sold more than 25 million copies. I think that's called A Brief History of Time. A Brief History of Time is correct. The subtitle being From the Big Bang to Black Holes. But yes, I will take A Brief History of Time. Well done. I was going to say, are we allowed to ask literature questions for West Virginia? <laughs> Can they read? <laughs> we, love you. Well, we know you can't. I know. It's a family secret. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, Scott, what, cate- or what category do you want to give to Eric? Let's go with food. Okay. Food, and we're going to go to the 2000s. All right. Did David Lynch create this wilderness lodge-themed chain of sports bars that first opened in 2005? The chain is known for having its waitresses dress in revealing uniforms, and its slogan is Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. Try that again? (laughs) Sure. Did David Lynch create this wilderness lodge-themed chain of sports bars that first opened in 2005? The chain is known for having its waitresses dress in revealing uniforms, and its slogan is Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. I've never heard of it, but I'm just... Just the... Twin Peaks? Is that a thing? Let's go with it. Twin Peaks is a thing, sir. It is... uh, Yeah, it's one of those like Hooters-style restaurants, and... (laughs) Uh, you know, they are known for their scantily clad uh, dressed ladies, probably more so than they are their food. Okay. Yep. I didn't know it was a thing until TikTok came around. Uh, and I, well, I mean, ran I, across a video or two. I, I don't have anything from the restaurant, but I'm glad I'm not in the other room with my wall of Twin Peaks stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the restaurants? Yeah, not the restaurant chain at all? Yeah, no, yeah it's all, no. all the David Lynch stuff. Uh, okay. All right. Eric, what do you want to give to Scott? Uh, news and politics go back to the 60s on this one okay the 1964 presidential election was a landslide victory for lyndon b johnson who won 61.1 percent of the popular vote over what republican candidate and arizona senator hmm arizona senator oh i should know these better than i do um, who did LBJ defeat in '64 from Arizona? Arizona, huh? That just happens to be in that perfect little black hole of presidential history. I don't remember very well. Uh, shoot, Arizona, maybe not him, not him. I'm trying to think of who lost the elections. Not him. Can't be him. Arizona. Hmm. Yeah, I'll pass on this one, too. I don't even have a good guess. All right. Eric, can you steal it? Fairly good with those 
names. Um, I have two names in my head. It's either Goldwater or Hubert Humphrey, but I can't think which one lost to Nixon and with which one lost to Johnson. So I got to flip a coin. Uh, Humphrey. Let's go with Humphrey. I'm glad you said that. Because it's the wrong answer. <laughs> Barry, Gold, Barry Goldwater is the correct answer. Yeah, as soon as you said Goldwater, I was like, damn it, that's it. And then, yeah, I knew Humphrey was from uh, uh, Minnesota. Yep. Uh, that's it, the, the Metrodome used to be named. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Only I knew sports trivia. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Dan is really going to beat you up over that one. <laughs> well, I, I just met Dan last week, like in person for the first time. It's very exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dan's, Dan's my guy. Shout out to Dan if you're listening. Shout out sort to Dan. Sort of like when, when you missed the uh, Herb Brooks question, right, Scott? Oh, what's that? Yeah. 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 I tell you what, man, that was, that was a very brain dead day for me. <laughs> Shout out to all the bench warmers, bench warmers as well. Uh, love the bench warmer trivia podcast. Uh, those guys are fantastic. All right. All right. Uh, no points awarded for that one. Uh, Scott, what do you want to give to Eric? Oh, let's go slang. Okay. He said sports. I don't know if you heard him. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. The connection, though. Yeah, they don't have good, yeah. good internet in, in West Virginia. <laughs> what was the name of the Metrodome from the 19th? <laughs> he said slang, and mm-hmm. we're in the 80s again. Oh, wow. Okay. And we have a question from Jackie LaFave. Thank you, Jackie. What three-word phrase though already used, became much more popular when paired with hand gestures when it was used in a 1988 episode of Full House by Quirky Uncle Joey. You said three words? Yes, I did. Why can't I think of what he says? Because that show is so old and bad. (laughs) You're Um, so old and bad. (laughs) Ah. I'm going to, I'm going to, oh my gosh. Cut it out. Cut yes. it out. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, sorry. Well, I was going to say, uh, does it get bonus points for remembering the je- hand gestures? Yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't know the it, That's but then out. He whatever. just pointed. It was just the cut it oh, out. Was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible show. It's not a terrible show. It was perfect for its time. Thank you very much. And what do you want to give to Scott? Uh, TV. Okay. TV and we're going 2000s. We have a question from Will Boylan. In what show that isn't exactly the type of fantasy show you would expect ran on FX and FXX from 2009 to 2015 and featured actor Seth Rogen as reoccurring character Dirty Randy? <gasps> oh, yeah, I forgot he was on this show. Yeah, that's the league. It is the league. Yeah. Yeah, phenomenal I show. Was on it. Yeah, phenomenal show. Yeah. Yep. Never seen it. Oh, oh it's it's so it's worth it. It's still worth it to go back and rewatch. I think it's so good. Yeah, I think yeah. you have the right sense of humor for it too. Oh, I probably gosh. I'm I'm one of those people that if too many people tell me to watch it, I will never. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get those people. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> that's why I've never seen a minute of a Harry Potter movie. Too many people oh. told me they're great. I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's 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 okay, but the league is really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For a sports guy with that kind of sense of humor, it's it's up your alley. It's so. kind of great. Yeah. Yep. Oh. All right, uh, Eric. Oh no, sorry. 
Scott, Scott. what category do you want to give to uh, to Eric? Mm. We have movies, music, toys and games, and sports. No, let's go toys. Okay. Going to the 90s. All right. What alliterative doll introduced in 1991 by Galoob moves and poses like a real model? Just click and flash the accompanying camera, and she changes to hundreds of different poses. I'm I'm embarrassed that I know this. Uh, it's Susie Snapshot. It is Susie Snapshot. Oh. <laughs> is it on yourself, Eric? That that and the the pretty pretty princess question I knew on yes. here before is just very uh, yeah 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 we've got you pegged, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric. What do you want to give to Scott? Oh boy. Um, oh boy. Movies. Okay. Interesting. Movies are two thousands. Hey, we have a question from Vernon Heggy. Thank you, Vernon. Based on U.S. domestic box office, adjusted for inflation, what 2009 movie is the lowest grossing film to win the Oscar for Best Picture? Can you get a repeat of that, please? Based on U.S. domestic box office, adjusted for inflation, what 2009 movie is the lowest grossing film to win the Oscar for Best Picture? So it was a movie released in 2009. Yes. Just for inflation. And if you can read it back there, I do own it. So if you can see it in one of my DVD piles. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um Oscar winner 09. I may have it in the other room. I'm sure uh, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. The lowest grossing. Um, it makes sense that this would be it. I know it won Best Picture. I just don't know if it's exactly the year or not, but I'll go with The Artist. The Artist is incorrect. Right. Eric, can you steal? Uh, I'm torn between two of them again, and I don't want to... Oh, boy. I don't, I don't know when Crash came out. Did that win? I, I'm not good with ones that win and lose. Um, now I'm going to go with Crash. Crash into me. Yeah. Actually, it's wrong. It's no. It's a no. Crash uh, <laughs> did not win. Actually, Crash did no, win. It won. It, it was won. Six. But it didn't. Yeah. But it isn't oh, this answer. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the artist, FYI, had a box office $133 million, So it's definitely not that. Brian, do huh. you know the answer to this one? I'm horrible with years. Uh, no, I don't. Ah, but I bet you do have it. It's the Hurt Locker, the Hurt Locker, oh, which Hurt only Locker, yeah. only got oh, well. seventeen million. Wow. So yeah, really low. Yeah, uh, artist had to be around there. It's around the right time. Right? Uh, yes, yeah. the artist came out in 2011. Yeah. So it is pretty close. Yeah. So. Actually, I don't think I own the Hurt Locker. Oh really? Oh, it's good. I've seen it. It's a little yeah. depressing, but yeah, I don't think I own that one. Yeah, it's real really depressing. It's not. Yeah. It's not like the nice upbeat film that Citizen Kane is. The great film that oh, that one is, right? It's a great film. <laughs> I mean, uh, we talked about how great that Phen- film is. It's phenomenal. <laughs> Very influential. All right, Scott. Revolutionary cinema. You know what? That it did. That okay, it did. that is a true statement. Yes, <laughs> it is a true statement. Yeah, 
It ha- undeniable. Yeah. Not a good movie though. Oh, great movie. Brian. No, it's Brian's, not a good movie. It's a great. It's a, you're right. It's a great. Brian's tilted. Uh, all right. Scott, Let's, what do you want to give to Eric? Oh, and then more so, I guess, what do you want to leave for yourself? Let's go with uh, uh, red meat for the red meat eaters. Let's give him sports. Oh, okay. Ooh. We're going to go back to the 50s on this one. Oh, I just threw up in my mouth. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> disgusting. All right. May have been a good call there for Scott. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. So. Name this wrestler prominent in the 50s who won multiple NWA championships throughout the decade and would later have his nickname of the Nature Boy and his figure four leg lock copied by Ric Flair. Read it for me one more time. Of course. Name this wrestler prominent in the 50s who won multiple NWA championships throughout the decade and would later have his nickname of the Nature Boy and his figure four leg lock copied by Ric Flair. Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers is correct. Yep. Good job. Good pull. You better got that one, Eric. Cause that was a uh, saw Scott getting ready to pounce all over that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that's what. Oh. <laughs> Scott was like looking all casual, just doing his Rubik's cube. Like, I hope he doesn't get it. I hope he doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that for about six that he's had that he's mm-hmm. pulled out at the last second. Oh. Yeah. All right, so that's gonna all leave right. music for Scotty Two Hotty. And to finish this off, we're going to go to the 70s. Okay. Okay. And a question by Will Boylan. According to Billboard, who was the first Canadian to have the best-selling album of the year in the United States? It included singles like Heart of Gold and maybe, ironically, Old Man. Oh, it's Neil Young. Yes, it is Neil Young. From the country of Eric Ede, Neil Young. (laughs) (laughs) The old kinsman. Uh, all right. That is the end of round two. Where do we stand, Mr. McClure? Uh, second round was definitely tougher, uh, but our going into the final, Eric has 90. Scott has 70. All right. It's still quite a close match, and we need to know what two categories are going into the final. Eric, what do you want to pick? Normally, I say sports, but I don't know if I'm doing that today so uh let's do music did see you stayed away from toys and games because you guys both myth missed both <laughs> toys and games questions today no oh, no no, no he got Susie snapchat oh yes right i'm sorry you nailed Susie yeah. snapchat i forgot yeah. i was expecting you guys to miss it but you got drilled it, it. yeah <laughs> my bad my bad all right what's okay, the, we have the 90s for music 90s for music okay and mr barber what do you want to add I'm to it thinking Give me a second. Yeah, take your time, sir. Take your time. I mean, literally, Susie Snapshot just goes like this, 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 (laughs) this. And and that's like that quote unquote thousand snapshots. I can still see the commercial in my head. (laughs) Do you ever go back and watch like old Double Dare? episodes yeah. on like paramount and watch the stuff they give away like oh you oh, win yes. like this yep. after each like prize oh my that. god i love <laughs> it's it it's ridiculous and then like you know they're they they also say like you know filmed at universal studios and then the final thing is a trip to universal studios yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the heck? they're there right <laughs> you get to come back uh, let's go with uh let's go with movies all right Ooh. and in the movies 
going all the way back to the 1950s. Ugh. All right. I need you two to put down your wagers for 90s music and 50s movies. I'm good. Okay. Yep, I'm good. All right. Let's get started in 90s music. We have a question from Will Boylan. What movie released in 1992 would eventually have the best-selling soundtrack of all time, surpassing 1977's Saturday Night Fever by almost double? And your 50s movies question. We have a question from Chris Hossie. Thank you, Chris. What 1958 film featured Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier as two escaped prisoners who are chained together and must work together as they go on the run? While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I'm here to remind you guys, check out BFOPnetwork.com. That's BFOPnetwork.com for all your nostalgic podcast needs. Have you been thinking about uh, and wanting to listen to a podcast that goes over all the nostalgic action movies? Then check out Action Action. Do you want to go over a podcast that talks about Star Wars and different other uh, t- franchises? Then check out Talking Back. You want to do some like crazy B movies, then check out Podcasting After Dark, and if you just love my voice enough, then you should check out Blast From Our Past or Cartwright the Seinfeld Podcast. So uh, check out BFOPnetwork.com for all your nostalgic podcast needs. Gentlemen, do either of you need probably the movies question read again? I need the movies question read again. (laughs) All right. What 1958 film featured Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier as two escaped prisoners who are chained together and must work together as they go on the run. And do you need the do you need the music one again? I, I doubt it. Okay, got my wild cherry Dr. Pepper. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm like Blackjack gum. Okay, got that all right, Mister Barber. As you are behind, I would love to hear your answers to our two questions. All right, so the first movies question we had was <laughs> was basically uh, what movie had the highest selling soundtrack 1992 and I believe that's the bodyguard Whitney Houston um, the second one Sid Portier, Tony Curtis uh, I immediately wandered right down in the heat of the night as Art Portier and then I was like oh no this definitely isn't that. So I rattled my brain and pulled out the defiant ones. Okay. And Eric, what were your answers? Uh, bodyguard was definitely 92. It, for some reason, um, dangerous minds crossed my mind, but I knew it wasn't 92. So that got remo- removed immediately. And uh, I can picture the cover of this movie. It's kind of weird. Um, just, or like in a swamp, I want to say, or something stupid, but it's uh, uh, the Defiant Ones. All right. The answers to our two questions, the movie that released in 1992 and would become the best-selling soundtrack is The Bodyguard, and the 1958 film featuring Tony Curtis and Sidney Poitier is The Defiant Ones. It is a phenomenal film. I do own it. I love it. I think it's a great, great film. Great acting in that one. So both of you getting both answers. It's going to come down to some interesting wagers. And Scott, what did you wager? I went all in, but in 70. Okay. And Mr. Ede? I always go all of mine, so 
90 points. I know. We know yeah. what you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I right. know what it will be. Yeah. Someone's right. going to end up with zero or uh, <laughs> double on this one. So, Brian, mathematicize us up. Tell well, us who won. With a final score, but not setting a new record. But Eric <laughs> is the winner today with 180 to 140. Yes. Well done. That was a good, hard-fought match, gentlemen. Yeah, Very close game. match. Yes. Great yeah. game. Very good. Very good. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Brian, for uh, for commentating today and keeping score and rolling the dice. Appreciate that. And uh, Scotty, as the unfortunate loser, uh, but you're still a champion. You're a former champion. Don't you worry. That doesn't take that away from you. Uh, what would you like to say? Oh, just appreciate you having me on again. It's always it's always a pleasure to come on, whether uh, uh, as a co-host or a player or in the tournament. No matter what, it's always good to be back on. So uh, just uh, if you're not a Patreon already of BFOP Network, jump on board. You'll get entered in the tournament. It's a good time. It's fun questions. Great listen. I'll plug your stuff. Appreciate it. Uh, if they jump on the turn and the uh, Patreon now, they would have just missed the chance to get into the this year's tournament. Is this one? This okay. episode's coming well, out. Jump in now so you can get in for twenty twenty four. There you so, go. I like that. Great. Jump in right away. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Good call, uh, Eric. Anything you want to mention? No, this is always a lot of fun. I love coming on. And I, I was excited when you said it. I, I I've heard about Scott so many times. He's been on bench warmers <laughs> before, but I've never been on a recording with him so it's oh, nice really? to finally meet him yeah yeah, yeah it's I, first I, time I, I was I, I was thinking the same thing it's first time we've actually been wow. on any type of recording yeah because no, scott's been on bench warmers so much i just assumed you guys had uh had gone against each other before no, no I'm, I'm conveniently no. unavailable um when the, when he's <laughs> when he's around uh, you're in the um, majority a lot of people run away when i come on and stuff, so. <laughs> you really I don't, don't like west virginia do you <laughs> no i it was it was the worst time of my life um <laughs> No, it, it was. I, I told these guys it's the first time I've ever got out of a car in West Virginia, and I was greeted by oh. just the very stereotypical um, West Virginia guy asking me if I've ever been up because he saw my license plate. You ever been in New York when it snows? I'm like, I live here, so yes, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally. here quite what part a bit. of West Virginia where did you stop today? Uh, I don't even know. It, there was a Hardee's, and we were shocked that there <laughs> oh, was that a, narrows it down. That we were shocked. <laughs> we were shocked there was a Tim Hortons. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot was... of Tim Hortons around here. Yeah, yeah wow. we were not we were not yeah. expecting that. My wife's like, "There's yeah. a Tim Hortons." I'm like, "I don't know if you would should yeah. go there." Uh, yeah. we're, you would tr- you would like Tim Hortons? It's in your it's blood. Interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. It's it's yeah. every corner in and in, in my neighborhood has a Tim Hortons. So yeah. Oh. But um, I really wish I knew what part of West Virginia because I, I I could really narrow down like <laughs> the stereotype. The further uh, a- south you go. The, we the went through streets. we went like straight down through it like like we covered we were in a, a lot like longer 70, every, so you were on 79? 79 yeah probably from like charleston to morgantown morgantown yes i remember that came up so okay, but that's yeah. yeah that's probably where we stopped because i remember we stopped almost immediately in western uh, virginia on the way down so and then we stopped down. on the way back yeah, yeah, up, yeah and then we stopped again on the way up so yeah morgantown's yeah. not stereotypical west virginia stop in the south sometime anywhere <laughs> behind anywhere below route 60 and you'll really <laughs> get into some i was i we we drove through south carolina and, and stopping at like different places we saw dizzy gillespie's like where his house was and uh i want to say there's more abandoned houses in south carolina than like actual <laughs> houses did you go to south of the border in south carolina though uh, no i went is. that's a fun spot nope i went to for the first time ever i went to bucky's uh, and i, I am yeah. i was blown away so it- yeah <laughs> I it mean, really it's just 
it's it's big. It's just a big convenience store, it's massive, and it's amazing. <laughs> they do have yeah. a good brisket sandwich, though. They yes. do have a good yes. brisket sandwich. Yes, and I a, agree. An entire counter of just jerky and yeah. then just like a wall of right. jerky. Oh, right, right. I like Love Bucky's. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's fun. Uh, um, so let me get this in before. I get yelled at. Um, so if if you like sp- if you like sports trivia, if you don't like me, that's fine. I, I, I get it. That's, I, that's <laughs> he's never on anyway. As yeah, I, I've, I've rarely on. Um, no, I'm on way too much probably. Uh, but check out Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast. You find me and about 45 other individuals um, that run that podcast. I think we're up to 45 now. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's more fun than trivia because the questions have gotten a little ridiculous if you ask me. <laughs> Um, it's not as easy as, or not easy, but you know, enjoyable as this time. <laughs> and here I was thinking the questions got really difficult around episode, I don't know, five. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah. No, I, we, I've been saying for a while that our questions have gotten a little, little yeah. crazy, but no, it's, it's more fun. Um, I feel like just listening to people being stupid like me, um, just saying yeah. things that, you know, but, uh, and if you want to come on, we're always looking for new guests. So yeah, Benchwarmer yeah. Trivia Podcast. I'll throw on. I, I was on an episode and I was immediately. I was on multiple episodes. One, Dan Lundberg carried me the entire time. Another one, Scott Grimes carried me the entire time. And I was partnered with Eric Ede on one. And it was obvious I knew nothing. And so what did I do? I just reverted to looking up Waffle Crisp facts the entire time. And that's all I threw out because I could provide no support to this man. I love Waffle <laughs> they are, Crisp. I love Waffle and if, Crisp. And if you get on the Patreon feed, uh, I'm actually recording an episode uh, this oh. week. Uh, of uh bench warmers so fantastic you might be uh, it might be out around the same time this drops probably no probably. uh scott that's actually going to be a main feed episode oh, it's going to be that, main feed that, that's, oh that's well, main there you feed. go Ooh, we, we, big time we're taking well this won't be out by the time anybody knows this but um so we're doing we're taking a break for the holidays so we're going to have two non-conventional episodes one that dan did last year uh-huh. style where it's just him scott and and i think who else? I've, I don't know. Who else. Yes, yes. And uh, I think Gary Middleton's on that. Yes, too. yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm doing a completely uh, unsports related trivia of holiday stuff. So mostly Christmas okay. movies. And um, we have David Lux, who is um, who is Jewish. So, you know, one Hanukkah question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah got to be fair. Adam Sandler. That's yeah. my answer yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I like a song. Uh, all right gentlemen it has been a massive pleasure thank you both and brian we appreciate you uh coming on and being our guest uh, support today so for brian i'm adam this was another episode of throwback trivia takedown thank you for listening to throwback trivia takedown if you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you if you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.